Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Feel free to join me in the conversation. You could call in. Numbers to call 301 768 4841 in North America and Israel 0265 Those numbers, are, of course, are always available on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So I've been talking a lot in, in previous shows. I've been talking a lot about the death of the Jewish uh, community in North America. Uh, I've been talking a lot about the, um, uh, about the assimilation rate and what's going to be left of the Jewish community in the next 10, 15 years. And I, I always felt that I was pretty much talking to myself. I never f- really thought that anybody was really paying much attention to this, uh, this unfortunate trend of the Jewish community dying in, in North America. And then I saw an article in, of all places, Haaretz, the most least read newspaper in Israel. And it it shocked me. The article shocked me. And I want to share that article. I want to talk to you about that article uh, during the course of the show. It it turns out that uh, Judaism is not really in any danger of dying in North America. It's evolving and, 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 and it's interesting because it's evolving in North America, it's evolving in Israel, and, and we've we got to look at this trend. We've we got to talk about this. This is, this is fascinating stuff. So uh, stick with me here on Political Hitman on Israel News Talk Radio. And, of course, you could join in in the conversation, and you, you, could, you could express your opinion on this. I'd love to hear from you. Numbers to call in North America is 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265 it, it always amazes me that sometimes you find the information you're looking for uh, just, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the least suspected places. I mean, I, I never dreamt that I would be using an article from Haaretz on this show. It, it's something that uh, never really occurred to me. I, I didn't think it would be possible. But here we are. We're going to do a, we're going to do a full show based on information from an article on Haaretz. I, I wanted to do the show last week. But uh, but everything's took precedence. So tonight, this morning, Haaretz and uh, the Jewish community in North America. I'm Howie Silberger, this political commit- political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. The return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel was prophesied in the Bible thousands of years ago and is coming true today. Shalom. Join me, Josh Wander, on Israel Unplugged. Listen in as we delve into the spiritual and physical aspects of the Jewish return to Zion. We'll discuss the biblically mandated, historic, and of course practical understandings of this incredible transition from exile to redemption. That's Israel Unplugged, every Monday on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. 
You could join me in the conversation in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, 0265-00151. Before we get to the uh, topic at hand, I, want, I wanted to mention... Um, wanted to mention that there was a massacre in Texas, in the United States today, where a young man walked into a elementary school and killed 21 grade 2, 3, and 4 students. So you're talking about 7 years old to 10 years old, the kids in these, in these grades. It's a tragedy, and, and, and every time a school shooting happens, I, I tend to get onto, onto, the, onto radio and... I tend to to lament the death of morality in society. While other people are screaming about gun control and the proliferation of guns in in, in North America and in the world, and how many how we have to disarm people, uh, I, I really don't think in that direction. I don't think the amount of guns or the number of guns that people have uh, is relevant at all in, in the conversation. I think I think there are two th- two factors at play. The first factor is the desensitization of uh, of life when we when we look at media and media plays down a murder and the death of people and never really depicts the aftermath of somebody dying. Uh, you, you watch a movie and 150 people could be killed in the course of an action movie and nobody seems to care about their wives, families, children or, or, or relatives and friends. And uh, and life does not seem to be valuable. And, and the second thing that uh, that we we should really be looking at instead of distracting everybody with gun control is the mental health of the youth of the of 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 the world. Really, when we, when we take a look at the world uh, after the pandemic, after COVID, and locking kids up, and and putting masks on kids and and locking them up in lockdowns, the mental stress that that took, and even before that, the the mental health, the mental health of of children. Uh, we, we never really look at that. And if we don't look at the mental health of children and we don't start understanding that, that kids are growing up in a really warped, uh, upside-down world and the stability, there's no stability in the world. There's no morality in the world. And, and religion is considered a bad word. You know, when we raise kids in chaos, then kids grow up to be animals living in chaos. And then we have stuff like this happening, where an 18-year-old could walk into an elementary school and shoot seven, eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. It's a horrible tragedy. Uh, my condolences go out to the families of all the kids who were killed and the one adult, the one teacher that was killed. And may these tragedies never happen again. But the only way that they're never going to happen again is if we start taking mental health and start taking morality a little more seriously in the world. It's 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 unbelievable, and uh, and we have to we have to really do, start doing something. I know we we say this after every massacre, and we we take a look at these massacres, and we say we say the same thing after every massacre, and no action is ever taken because the politicians never want to go in that direction. They never want to take responsibility for some of the some of the garbage that's happening in the world today. The media doesn't want to go in that direction because they are directly almost directly responsible for, for events happening in the world today. And because the politicians and the media hold the bulk of power in society, if they don't want to deal with it, it never gets dealt with. It's time that the average person, 
the layperson stands up and says, we don't want to see our kids being killed anymore. We don't want to see dead children anymore. We don't want to see these kind of massacres. We don't want any more families suffering from, from senseless murders. We must, instead of building fortresses and spending millions and millions of dollars putting security guards and cameras and, and bulletproof doors and bulletproof glass and teaching children how to hide in case a shooter comes into the school, instead of doing that, let's put our resources into something that's actually going to help. And, and, and to me, that would be looking at the mental health of, of today's youth and looking into media, uh, movies, television, and all media that plays up violence and, and, and disregard to life and see how we could change society through media. It's time for the politicians to take action. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could join me in conversation, 301-768-4841 in North America. In Israel, 0265-00151. I've been uh, lamenting for a long time about the death of the Jewish community in North America. And uh, and I, I've been talking about it for, for literally years. And then finally, finally, I see an article in Haaretz out of all places. And, and the article catched my attention. I normally don't read Haaretz or take many of their articles very seriously. But this one here caught my attention because it basically came to the same conclusion I came to. That Judaism in North America is not necessarily going to disappear. It is going to evolve into something totally different than what it is right now. Uh, I, I always call it the death of Judaism in North America. The assimilation rate's over 70%. The intermarriage rate's at over 70%. The assimilation rate's probably even higher than that. Uh, we have so many. I mean, Judaism is the only religion that has all these uh, all these breakoffs that 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 want to counter the the original religion. And when you look at Christianity, sure, you had the Protestants that were were a little upset with the Catholics, but um, but but the essence of what they believed in was always the same. Uh, Judaism seems to be the only religion where the essence of what different sects of Judaism believe are, are extremely different. And some some sects of Judaism have totally left. The religion altogether, which, which makes it which makes it even more uh, div- divided and more uh, assimilated. Let's let's put it that way. But a new study from the London-based Institute for Jewish Policy Research has uh, has concluded that nearly a quarter of Jews will be ultra-orthodox, whatever that means, uh, by 2040. That's right, by the year 2040. They say a quarter of the Jews will be ultra-Orthodox. Now, I assume when they refer to ultra-Orthodox in a, in a newspaper like Haaretz, they're talking about people who are religious, people who, uh, who wear hats, who wear tefillin uh, to, to pray, who, who, wear, who wear prayer shawls, who, um, who, who are visibly Jewish. Uh, this is who I, I assume they're referring to. They refer to them as Haredi, so, uh, so I guess it would be people wearing black hats. Um, so, so let's, uh, let's get into this article a little bit. I, it's fascinating, and I, I wanted to share it with you. One out of every seven Jews in the world today is ultra-Orthodox, or Haredi, according to a first-of-its-kind study published on Thursday, uh, on Tuesday by the London-based Institute of Jewish Policy Research. Now, if the current trend continues, the study predicts that nearly one out of every four Jews in the world will be Haredi by 2040. The study estimated the number of ultra-Orthodox Jews in the world today at 2.1 million. 14% of the total world Jewish population. This represents the first ever attempt to calculate the global size of this specific community. 
The survey found that more than 90% of Haredi Jews live in either Israel or the United States, the world's two largest Jewish population centers. It also found that as much as 80% of the growth in the world Jewish population in recent years can be attributed to this community. High fertility rates among the ultra-Orthodox population is one of the reasons the Haredi population is expected to double over the next 20 years, but it's not the only one. The study revealed that Haredi Jews also enjoy considerable longevity. In fact, it found that ultra-Orthodox Jews tend to have a higher-than-average life expectancy, despite the relatively high rates of poverty within their communities. Another factor contributing to the population boom is the high level of lifestyle retention. In the community, most Jews who are born into the Haredi community stay in the Haredi world. Indeed, accordingly, according to the survey, the percentage of ultra-Orthodox Jews who leave the fold is so marginal as to have little impact in the overall demographic outlook of the community. In defining the Haredi population, the study relied on a variety of indicators, including self-identification in previously conducted social surveys, as well as community and school records. Up until quite recently, it noted there had not been sufficient data available worldwide to compile estimates of its size. Now, commenting on the findings, the Jewish Policy Research Exec Director, Jonathan Boyd, said, quote, the rapid growth of the Haredi population is changing in the nature of the Jewish world. It has significant implications for how Jewishness is understood and seen going forward by both Jews and others. And it has to be understood fully to ensure that the needs of the growing Haredi community are met in terms of housing, education, and other community services. Community leaders need to pay more attention to these demographic dynamics and start preparing for what is likely to be a very different future, he added. With 35% of the Jewish population defined as Haredi, Belgium has the highest concentration of ultra-Orthodox Jews in the world. Given current trends, the survey noted, the percentage of Haredi Jews in the United Kingdom could top that figure in 20 years. Now, there, there are a couple of main findings um, that the that the study found, Haredi Jews around the world, population trends and estimates. Uh, the survey was conducted by Dr. Daniel Stetsky, a senior research fellow at the Jewish Policy Research and director of its European Jewish Demographic, uh, De- Demo- Demography Unit. Um, now, I'm not going to get into the specifics right now. We'll, we'll get into those in, in a couple of minutes. But... Um, but but it's fascinating that uh, that Belgium holds the highest population of Orthodox Jews, uh, followed by England, who will probably surpass Belgium. Now, there are many reasons why the Haredi community, as they like to call it, uh, the Orthodox community, is uh, is is populating more than, let's say, the uh, the the non-Orthodox, the conservative, the Reform, or the uh, or the modern Orthodox, uh, and we'll get into that too. Uh, there there's so many so many different factors involved in this. That, that they're not covered in this article, but I want to talk about them. And we will when we come back from this uh, from the short break. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You can feel free to join in, in the conversation. The number's to call 301-768-4841 in North America. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. Now, of course, if you didn't write down those numbers, you could always get them on the top of the page at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Steve Miller. And I'm Matt Zucker. Join us for Lighten Up, where we take a look at the week's current events in Israel and from around the Jewish world through a humorous lens. If you've been paying attention during these crazy times, you know that it's a challenge to parody life anymore. But join Steve and I as we give it the old college try. Not only is being happy an obligation, but life is just too short to take it all so seriously. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For Lighten Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel, only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Political hitmen. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. Join me in the conversation by calling in numbers to call in North America, 301-768-4841. In Israel, the number is 0265-00151. You could get those numbers on the top of the page at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. So, Howard's is reporting a, um, a survey that uh, was done by the Jewish Policy Research um, by, by a group called the Jewish Policy Research. Uh, they did a survey, and they found that uh, in 20 years, they expect that the ultra-Orthodox community, or the Haredi community, as they like to call it, uh, will, will make up a quarter of the Jewish population. Uh, it's fascinating. Uh, some of the uh, reasons for this, uh, for this finding, um, they, they've outlined some of the reasons for this finding. I'd like, to, I'd like to share some of them with you. While the world Jewish population has been growing at about 0.7% per year over the past decade, the ultra-Orthodox population has been growing about 3.5% to 4% annually. At these rates, the Haredi community can be expected to double itself every 18 to 20 years. For non-Haredi populations to do the same, it would take 350 years. Given these trends, Haredi Jews will account for 23% of the total world Jewish population by the year 2040. Now, Haredi women have six to seven children on average. That compares to 1.6 per woman in Europe, 1.8 in the United States, and three in Israel. There have been no signs so far that would suggest that Haredi fertility will drop significantly, at least in the short or medium term, according to the study. The average life expectancy for Haredi men is 83 years old, and for Haredi women it's 86 years. That compares with 76 years for American and European men, and 82 years for American and European women on average. Based on data gathered in Israel and the United Kingdom, about 20% of all those Jews born into Haredi families are expected to identify as non-Haredi in adulthood. But a significant majority of them, some 60 to 70% of them, will remain observant or traditional even after giving up the Haredi label. Religious switching among Haredi Jews have been quite well documented, and the trend is not powerful enough to change the conclusions regarding Haredi growth over the next 20 years or so, the study concludes. At most, the study estimates these switches could push the share of Haredi Jews down from 23% to 21% of the total Jewish population by 2040. Now, about 92% of all Haredi Jews live in either Israel or the United States. Given that 85% of the world Jewry live in these two countries, that means the concentration of ultra-Orthodox Jews in Israel and the United States is higher than most other places. According to the study, a total of 1.2 million Haredim live in Israel, where they account for 17% of the Jewish population and 13% of the total population, and 700,000 live in the United States, where they account for 12% of the Jewish population. 
Outside of Israel and the United States, the two largest Haredi communities are located in the United Kingdom and Canada. A total of 75,500 Haredi live in the United Kingdom, where they account for 25% of the Jewish population, and some 30,000 live in Canada, where they account for 8% of the Jewish population. Now, if current trends continue, the study predicted that in 2040, one out of every four Jews in Israel and one out of every five Jews in the United States will be Haredi. The American Jewish population will resemble today's European Jewish populations with very high proportions of Haredim, such as the United Kingdom and Austria. The study noted it predicted that by 2040, about 40% of British Jews will be ultra-Orthodox. In that case, the United Kingdom could overtake Belgium as the country with the largest concentration of Haredim in the world, according to the study. So why, why do you think the Haredim are... Um, are I, I don't like calling them ultra-Orthodox. Uh, the Orthodox Jews, why, why do you think that they are, they, they are overtaking... The um the the secular Jewish community, and there, there's there's simple easy answer to this question. Uh, Harris seems a little surprised by this trend, but there's a simple easy answer. The Jewish population that are Orthodox, the population that cares about Jewish uh, Jew, Judaism, not Jewish tradition, not uh, Jewish lifestyle, not uh, not not living uh, with my Jewish heritage, but actually cares about Judaism. That population is taking Judaism seriously, and one of the biggest uh, biggest mitzvahs, one of the biggest uh, good deeds of Judaism, is is multiplying, is is having babies, and they take it very seriously. So Haredi families have six to seven babies. The intermarriage rate in the Haredi community is almost at zero percent. So when you compare zero percent intermarriage and six seven babies per family, compared to uh, 76% intermarriage in the in the non-Haredi world, in the in the secular Jewish world, and uh, 1.2 babies per family. You you could imagine why the ultra-Orthodox population is taking over, uh, is taking over as the face of Judaism. They are becoming the Jewish community. Now, I I hate the they and us because we're all the same. Um, you know, a Jew is a Jew. We we're all the same, but. Howard seems surprised by this. This hasn't surprised me at all. When, when Jews decide that they gave up on Judaism and Jewish institutions decided they gave up on Judaism and they weren't going to promote Judaism, uh, where did you think the Jewish numbers were going? Did you think they were going to rise? Well, if you're living with rose-colored glasses on, then perhaps. But, but the truth is that once you give up on Judaism and Jewish tradition, once you don't care anymore about maintaining... Uh, about teaching our children the importance of following Judaism. Once, once you start making arguments like I could be an atheist Jew, I, I could be a Jew and I don't have to believe in God, I, once you start making those ridiculous arguments, then there's only one place that your line of Judaism is going, and that is down. Your, your line of Judaism cannot survive when you start chopping up Judaism to be more, uh, to, to to assimilate more, to be more, uh, to to try to be as as close to the non-Jewish population as you can. Now, with all due respect to the non-Jewish population, and I love you all, uh, we have a different lifestyle. We are supposed to be different. Jews are supposed to be different than their neighbors. We are not supposed to be identical. We are not supposed to be the same. We have a lifestyle that we have to live, and you know, God bless everybody who's living another lifestyle. That's that's their prerogative. Uh, and then you know that's their role in life. Our role is to live a certain lifestyle given to us by God. And when we negate that lifestyle and we decide that we are not going to follow the rule of God or 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 the word of God, 
and we're going to make our own rules, the rule of man over the rule of God, then we run into the issue of, uh, of, of the next generation and the generation after that, not really caring about the religion and then just marrying out or, or, or just abandoning religion altogether. And this is essentially what we have seen in the, in the Jewish community, in the secular Jewish community, the non-ultra-Orthodox, as, as Howard wants to call them, the non-ultra-Orthodox community in, in North America and, and in Israel. In Israel, it's a little more traditional because uh, because the country holds holds Jewish holidays as national holidays. So so it becomes a little a little different when you when you talk about assimilation in Israel as opposed to assimilation outside of Israel, where where I've wished people uh, a happy Shavuot and uh, and they've 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 had no idea what I was talking about. Um, uh, a little while back, Hanukkah time, I I wished I wished a uh, a former student of mine who's in his twenties. A happy Hanukkah, and he, he answered me. I sent him a text, and he answered me. Thank you for telling me it's Hanukkah. I, I had no idea. So, so the fact that the fact that, and he went to a Jewish day school, and he went through the entire Jewish day school system, and the fact that after spending uh, 12, 13, 14 years in the Jewish day school, and, and graduating from Jewish day school, for diploma proudly hanging on his wall, saying that he graduated from this Jewish day school, the, the guy couldn't didn't even know when Hanukkah was. So, so this is this is where the Jewish community has evolved to in North America, and it's very sad to see it go like that. But we, we, the Jewish community, kind of created this. A whole generation of Jews just decided to give up on Judaism and raise their children to not only give up on Judaism, to not only not care about Judaism, but to hate Judaism. You know how many times I've uh, I've had a business meeting or some kind of meeting that I've had to meet people, and they said, let's go out to eat lunch. Let's go to a lunch meeting. And I said, okay, but I only eat kosher, so we have to go to a kosher place. And, and the look of disgust on their face when I, when I suggested going somewhere kosher, kosher food is disgusting, they tell me. These are Jewish people telling me that kosher food is disgusting. And when, and when I look at them, I say, what is disgusting about a kosher steak compared to a non-kosher steak? A steak is a steak. It goes on a grill. We grill it and we eat it. So what would be more disgusting by you know, being a kosher steak over a non-kosher steak? And the person would say to me, well, it's kosher. Anything kosher is disgusting. So when we develop that attitude, when there, when there are certain sects of Judaism and certain, certain elements of Judaism, uh, Jewish people that develop that attitude, they, they've essentially removed themselves from the Jewish re- religion altogether. So, so they want to say they're part of the Jewish nation, but Jewish nation requires some kind of belief in God, some kind of belief in the, in the Jewish system. Uh, so, so maybe, maybe uh, genetically, they're, they're they're descendants of Jews, but but there's a lot of genetic descendants of Jews who are no longer Jews. The biggest mistake that North American Jews and and I will say the same thing as uh, uh, Jews outside of Israel. So I'll just refer to them as North American Jews. The biggest mistake, in my opinion, that North American Jews made was that uh, that they refused to define Judaism because they didn't want to insult anybody. So they refuse to say that, you know, if you want to be Jewish, these are the criteria. I mean, God laid out the criteria. Uh, man didn't make it. You want to be insulted, get insulted to God. But God made the criteria. And this is the criteria. And they refuse to do that. And so when they refuse to do that and you accept everybody into the fold and say everybody could be Jewish, if you feel Jewish, then by gosh, you are Jewish. Once you do that, then you are, then you are essentially watering down Judaism. 
the Haredi community, as the as Harris calls them, doesn't do that. And because they maintain their Judaism and they pass their Judaism on to uh, pass their Judaism and the Jewish pride and the Jewish traditions on to their descendants, and their descendants maintain Jewish culture, then of course they're going to become the Jewish community. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel. Phantom Nation, every Monday. Political Hitman. I'm Howie Silberger, your political hitman here on Israel News Talk Radio. You could feel free to call in and join me in conversation. 301-768-4841 is the number to call in North America. In Israel, you could dial 0265-00151. We're talking about an article that appeared in Haaretz um, that, that was reporting basically on a, a survey that was done that said that in 20 years from now, the uh, the the Orthodox Jewish community will be the prevalent Jewish community uh, in the world, with uh, one in four Jews being the uh, according to the Jewish population being Orthodox, uh, ultra Orthodox, as Howard wanted to call them. Now it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't surprise me. That's not a shocker when uh, when you have uh, 1.2 children being born to secular Jews and eight and nine children being born to Orthodox Jews. It's not a shock that the Orthodox Jewish community is is growing uh, much bigger than the non-Orthodox community. Uh, the The attitude that many Jewish organizations and many Jews have had towards Judaism over the last fifty years has contributed to this factor. We have children who have been raised in uh, in Jewish, and I'll use Jewish in quotation mark homes, um, where where you know Jewish tradition didn't really matter. Uh, they know they're Jewish. They have Jewish identity, uh, and and that's pretty much it. In North America, but forty years ago, the the Jewish federations of North America decided that they were going to replace teaching Judaism in schools with teaching Zionism in schools. Now, while Zionism and Judaism are sometimes interchangeable in in the minds of many Jews, the truth is that uh, that Judaism is Judaism, and Zionism is Zionism. Uh, Zionism is Jewish nationalism. It's a derivative of uh, of of our of the Jewish yearning to be to have a homeland to return to our ancestral lands, but it doesn't replace the religion. Zionism is not a religion; it's a political ideology. And, and so, so when when we can't separate a political ideology from the religion, when Jews can't do that, um, it, it's a big issue. And, and you see that it, it's clearly clearly exemplified. When um when when somebody makes an anti-Zionist uh, comment and a comment that's that that's against Zionism, now now a lot of the times the comments uh, the anti-Zionist comments are um 
are are just masking anti-Jewism. It's just it's just a way to to mask it. So somebody who hates Judaism or hates Jews will will, will make an anti-Israel comment. And that's usually obvious when that happens. But sometimes, sometimes people who hate Israel don't necessarily hate Jews. People who don't like Israel or don't like Zionism or don't like the Zionist cause aren't necessarily anti-Jewites. And, and referring to everybody who opposes Israel as an anti-Jewite, um, just, in my opinion, just kind of exemplifies the point that, that, that when they changed teaching Judaism in Jewish schools to teaching Zionism in Jewish schools, it confused the population. The population replaced Judaism with Zionism, and Zionism became the new religion. And, and while it is important to support Israel, if you're in the diaspora, important to defend Israel on, on university campuses, it's important to understand the history of Israel and the functioning of Israel and why Israel is important in, 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 all, of, in, in all of Judaism, why, why Israel is important, uh, Israel's not there to replace the religion. And the religion is there, and the religion should be there, and Israel should be complementing the religion, not replacing the religion. So I remember uh, uh, just just a couple of years ago, I, I had a I was doing a very similar rant on on a show, and somebody called in and said to me, "Howie, you, you know, I, I'm a Jew, but I'm an atheist Jew," and and I said that that's impossible. You can't be an atheist Jew. He said, "Well, my mother was Jewish, so I'm Jewish." I said, "Okay, fine. So traditionally, you're a biological Jew." But but you're not an atheist Jew. You can't be an atheist Jew. If you decide that you don't believe in God, you've removed yourself from Judaism. Judaism works on uh, on one basic pillar. It's a monotheistic religion. It's the religion that believes there's one God. Take away that one God, I mean, then then nothing else exists, right? So you think about Judaism. So you have God. You have you have God. God gave the Torah to the Jewish people. The Torah gives the Jewish people their their the way they have to live. It gives us the lifestyle. It tells us the direction we have to go in. If you take away God, then you take away Torah. If you take away God and Torah, what's left in Judaism? It doesn't exist. So so being an atheist Jew means that you're negating the existence of Judaism. The guy looked at me and said to me, "You're an anti-Semite." <coughs> A self-hating Jew. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what it means to be a self-hating Jew. What, what does that term mean? The guy, the guy said to me, well, Howie, you have to understand. If you are telling other Jews what their Judaism should be for them, then you are a self-hating Jew. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't even know what that meant. I, I just couldn't even answer them because you know it gets to a point where you can't even you can't even have an intelligent conversation. It gets to a point where the conversation just gets dumb, and when the conversation gets dumb and the insults start coming out, the conversation's pretty much over. You can't you can't speak to somebody who just insulted you. So calling me a self-hating Jew is, is, is pretty, is fairly insulting. I'm sure you would agree that, that that's an insulting thing to say to somebody. Not that I took offense to it, don't get me wrong. But once you start with the insults, the argument's over. You, you've lost the argument. And so, so, but this is how, this is the self-defense mechanism. And it's a very sad and pathetic self-defense mechanism, but that's what it is. 
the self-defense mechanism is that if somebody comes to you with a logic, with logic, saying that, you know, Judaism believes in God, and if you don't believe in God, you can't be Jewish, self-defense mechanism is saying, you're a hater. Turn it around on you. <coughs> it's not me, it's you. And because uh, because I am perfect, I, I you can't you can't be uh, you can't be right. It hurts me too much to understand that that you know if I negate God, then I negate Judaism. That 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 that, that hurts me too much. And so I made that um, I made that comment a few times on on, on various shows, and um, and and I've had quite a few people come to argue with me about this. And and I keep telling I keep asking them, what is the basis of your Judaism? If God isn't the basis of your Judaism, what's the basis of your Judaism? And they, they, they really have no answer for me ever. There's never a, a coherent answer. And I'm fine with that. Fine. All right. You want to be a biological Jew? You can be a biological Jew. It doesn't bother me. You want to call yourself Jewish biologically? You can call yourself Jewish biologically. My mother was Jewish. I'm Jewish. Fine. Jewish law says that. Fine. No problem. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not here to judge you. You'll have to answer to, uh, to, you'll have to, answer to somebody else uh, when, when the time comes. Sure, I'm not. I'm not a judge. I'm not a jury. I'm not an executioner. I'm just expressing an opinion. My opinion is worth as much as everybody else's opinion. But then, don't complain when people who do believe in God and are practicing authentic Judaism are becoming the prevalent part of Judaism. I said this almost 30 years ago, almost almost right at the beginning of when I started doing radio. I, I said I said this this was one of my first shows. I said that within the next hundred years, the only recognizable Jews will be the Orthodox Jewish community. I said it, I said I said it thirty years ago, and it's coming to fruition now. The Reform movement has removed themselves so far from Judaism that they're not even recognizable as Jews. They refer to themselves as Jews, whatever. But but really, their their the way they practice Judaism is very 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 very. Uh, different than than what Judaism is, uh, the the Reconstructionist movement, the same story. The uh, the the Humanist movement and all these other crazy fringe movements that that popped up, exact same story. The Conservative movement has moved closer to Reform movement. They've pretty much removed themselves too. <coughs> so what is left? You have the semi-assimilationist um, modern Orthodox movement. And you have the the Orthodox movement. These are the two left, two practicing sects of Judaism left. So where do you go from there? Modern Orthodox has to go one of two ways. In the next 30, 40 years, they have to go one of two ways. Either they go more more assimilationist and more uh, more towards the conservative reform movement. Or they go more towards the Orthodox movements. They, they can't stay in the middle. You can't walk the line too long and still maintain some semblance of Orthodoxy. So either either they're going to move towards the, towards the, the more Orthodox movements or they're going to move away from there. Because staying in the middle and playing, on the, uh, playing in the center field, it's not sustainable. And then what? So the whole middle is going to fall away. The left has already fallen away. Uh, and, and all that's left is the right. Not that I'm saying it's a bad thing, because I think Jews should believe in God and should follow Jewish tradition and should, should study Torah and should, should be part of the, uh, should be part of the uh, Jewish community. I mean, they should, they should, Judaism should be part of the Jewish community. So I'm not saying it's a bad thing. 
I'm just saying that now, now that it's happening, and that in 20 years, a quarter of the Jewish population is going to be Orthodox or ultra-Orthodox, as you like to call them, uh, maybe it's time for the less Orthodox people in the Jewish community to start taking notice. And if you want to keep the Jewish community alive, maybe it's time, maybe it's time to start reevaluating your relationship with God and Judaism and Torah and start seeing if, uh, if maybe you can move a little closer to the middle and stay part of the Jewish community. I'd hate to see, I'd hate to see the community fall apart. That's where we're heading. I'm Howie Silberger. This is Political Hitman. I will see you again next week right here on Israel News Talk Radio. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.